Back to the Lab with your host, Brad Bolt. Welcome back to the Lab. Back to the Lab. Welcome back to the Lab. Back to the Lab. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Brad Bolt Show, part of the Lab Network. Joining me today, tonight, wherever you're going to listen to this, it's my good friend, it's John Roberts. John, how are you, mate? Good to be back. As I was just saying, it's good to like wipe the cobwebs off. I'm back in it. I'm getting like slowly rebuilding again. So here we are. And as we say, we don't actually, you know what I love is we uh, don't live in a world now where we're like living in our parents' base room anymore. It's now just a studio. I'm in a new studio is what yeah. it is. It's not, it's like not a new house or anything like that. New studio. Exactly. And and look, I'm I'm in my new studio as well. So yes, we're, exactly. we're, that's been the delay for some of this. It wasn't, it wasn't my, yeah. uh, my sinus surgery or anything like that that kept us off. It was we're all building new studios. Exactly. Yeah, and look at us now. And look, look at us now. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's, it's good. And like the NFL season has been very good, despite all the low scoring, I got to say, and mm. the defensive uh, output, it has still been very enjoyable. I would have liked to have got to a bit more college this year, but I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up again, I think. We'll pick it up. And as we're uh, football degenerates, you and I, we'll probably end up, once the season's finished anyway, we'll sit there and go back through all the games and watch as many highlights as possible and just we'll see all the college games anyway at the end of the season. So Sometimes I feel like that is just like the only time I've really got because when football season is on, it's just like week after week. It's like wave after wave of more and more games and it's so much to take in all at once. And then it's not until like after the season's over and it's a new year that you can go back and be like, Oh, that was interesting. Oh, I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's one of those ones too. And that's why uh, when we went through on the Saturday Air Raid, we're talking about how we're watching college prospects and stuff because time was so difficult to watch these games. That's right. why I end up usually, usually waited until the NFL season was over. And right. then because you had the time between NFL season, combine, draft, I had all that time where I'm like, right, well, I've, now that everything's done and they've got some time freed up, I'm just going to sit and mm. go through copious hours of Western <laughs> Kentucky or, you know. Hey, man. My, my best, friend, best friend of the show, my best friend, Malachi Corley, is playing well. He's been injured a bit this year, but I think he hasn't hurt his draft capital too much. No, I think he's going to, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. So he, yes, yeah. Malachi Corley, friend of the show. Friend of the show. My That's him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, no, and no one can tell us otherwise. So Exactly. exactly. He fully endorses the show. Exactly. So <laughs> this show today, we're just going to go through a bit like what Dan and I did last week. We're just going to go through the games this week and give our thoughts on who's, who we think is going to win and he's certain things that are standing out. But this we are recording this after Thursday Night Football, which was the uh, Bill, uh, the Bucks at the Bills, sorry. And the Bills ended up winning that one 24 to 18. Just any thoughts on that quickly, John, at all from today? Yeah, I do. I do have some quick thoughts. Did you? I, I was scrolling Twitter this evening 
Um, did you notice that there was like an unusual amount of play calls that required uh, celebrity names or particularly Seattle Seahawks players' names on the Bills side? Did you see that? Yeah, I did. I saw there was there was a LeBron James at one stage. There was a there was uh, Bobby Smith. Wagner. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say Bobby Taylor. There was a Jamal Adams at one point. Josh Allen's like, Jamal Adams, Jamal Adams. Like, what? what? Why target the Seahawks players? I wonder what it meant. I, I want to know. I think, I, I think we'll find out throughout the week. It's it's to me it sounds also a bit like the um the old Peyton Manning days when he would do his cadence and he would just start saying you know Buffalo and yeah and it just meant nothing yeah but it was just enough to think to try and trick the opposition to go oh wait they're changing the play here what yeah. are we going to do and in the end it was just a lot of nothing so <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, to the actual game itself, uh, I thought it was a good game. Um, I've been, I've actually been relatively impressed with the Bucks this year. I know they didn't win tonight, but um, Josh Allen played a really, really good game. I actually thought it was his best game of the year so far. He really sort of took control. And when he got injured, it was, looked a bit scary that we weren't going to see him too much, but he did come back in. Um, Khalil Shakir. Six catches, 92 yards. It was sort of like his breakout game, if you if you uh, would say. Gabe Davis played a really good game. And then I think that that took a bit of production away from Stephon Diggs, who still had nine catches for 70 yards. But across the board, they looked really good. Josh Allen had 324 yards. Dalton um, Kincaid looked good. Dalton Kincaid looked great. Great for my dynasty team. <laughs> um, and then on the Bucks side, um, I thought Baker was fine. Um, 25, 42 for 237 and two, not bad. No interceptions, which was good to see. And Rashad White played a big game. Not too much of Mike Evans outside of that one 24-yard catch, but uh, same with Chris Godden with a 31-yard catch. But no, I thought it was a good game. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about both teams. I think we could see both teams in the playoffs. Yeah, the Bills seem to do a pretty good job of um, tilting the defense to the Mike Evans side of the field. Like they even mentioned mm-hmm. it on on the broadcast at one, street, at one point, Kirk Herbstreet was saying that uh, I think it was Dion Jackson was playing almost um, man like press man coverage, but then they tilted the field and Micah Hyde was sitting above him so that he yeah. was covered over top and underneath by a defender. So that that the, the one thing that I thought was an interesting choice, now it was obviously what the Bills were giving them, but the, uh, the what was it, 14, 15 play drive in the last quarter that took up seven minutes or eight minutes or whatever yeah, it was right. yeah. to get them back within. Cause then we obviously saw they were, you know, if Chris Goldman turns around early enough and it, you know, yeah. they have a chance to still, so it would have been interesting to go, well, if you guys had another 45, 50 seconds on the clock to yeah. do that, like what happens there? So yeah, right. I was watching it at the time and just sitting there looking, thinking, this drive's taking an awfully long time for a team that's down by two scores. <laughs> just kept going yeah. and going. Nah, but otherwise, and I like the other thing to consider is it's like the Bucks looked fine, but the, we know that the Bills' defense is fairly injured. So I think all things considered, I felt I felt like the Bills sort of had done a bit of a good, like a good enough patchwork job of the defense to put out a, a, a fine performance up until yeah, like you mentioned that sort of last two three minutes of the game. Um, and I don't think that that's indicative of like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at all and their offense. Yeah. Way. So I, so that was, that was the Thursday night game. So now we'll move on to the following games for this weekend. And 
as part of the weird quirk of the NFL schedule, two weeks ago there was only two teams on by. Last week we have six teams on by, and this week we have no teams on by. So we have full slate. Frustrating. Why do they do that? I'm not sure. Like you would think, instead of like over yeah. two weeks, instead of having two teams one week and six the next, why not just go four teams and four? Like over the two yeah. weeks, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But or like they start by weeks in like week five and finish in week fourteen. Why not bring week fourteen into week eight and then like some teams don't have to wait so long for their yeah. Yeah, massively inconsistent. Weird, weird, but it, it's actually it's good to see with all the all the teams and everything playing this week. So we'll start off with the battle of the number one and the number two overall pick from last year's draft this week: the Houston Texans versus the Carolina Panthers at Carolina. It'll be you interesting. A fair bit involved in this one. Fair bit uh, of interest. I do. I do because hey, you know what I haven't even asked had time to ask you how like what have you been your thoughts of Bryce Young so far this season? I he's shown he's had moments where he's looked pretty good. Uh, yeah. that that Miami game, that first half in that Miami game, he looked really good. The way that Carolina got up fourteen nil and then unfortunately gave up about the next 35, 40 points <laughs> in a row, man. <laughs> but. Yeah. He's, he's had stretches where he's looked really good. He's had a few stretches where he's looked really bad. But I think yep. the where he's looked the best has been when Carolina's been almost in that two-minute hurry-up offense where it's you don't have time to think. You've just got to drop, pass, move around if you have to. And that seems to be where he has done his best so far. There's been a lot of... Um, and if anyone is a Carolina Panthers fan. You would have seen on Panthers Twitter, the fans aren't terribly pleased in some of those games with his passing charts. When you see everything look like, um, I guess, Frank Reich, when he was in Indian, he had uh, last year of his career, Philip Rivers, where everything was within 10 yards sort of thing. Yeah. Everything was all there. So it didn't look, uh, his passing charts weren't fantastic. But the big change though, will be the fact that the Panthers have Frank Reich's given up play calling. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Thomas Brown's taking over from this week. And okay. he has been a huge Bryce fan all the way. And he sort of, even already, he sort of has given a bit of a like I, I want to see certain things. You know, he wants to he wants to try and get a few more downfield shots. He doesn't want to play as conservative because it seems like every it seemed like in a lot of the early games of the season that Frank Reich was trying to protect Bryce Young and just give him easy throws. So everything was like a a quick bubble screen or a quick two yards, you know, mm. two yard into Adam Thielen. Mm. And I think that Thomas Brown, by the sounds of it, might throw an odd one of those in here or there, but not to the same extent that Frank Reich was doing. Because like I said, I think he was trying to protect Bryce Young, but in actual fact, it was probably hindering him in the team's offense in that way. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting. I really like this Houston team. Mm. Yeah. CJ Stroud has played phenomenal this year. Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Robert Woods, like they've they've all played really well that defense is coming along too. Like that's a really good defense, the way that's turned around. D'Amico Ryans is really already in six games that they've played. They're three and three. That he's really turned their yeah. Their everyone's thoughts about the Houston Texans, like coming into the, before this year, 
the Houston Texans are almost a punchline for the last couple of years. And with yeah. with the way that D'Amico's taken over and he's changed that offense and that defense around, they're now becoming a lot of people's favorite young team in the NFL. Right. What 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 have you like you from what you've seen of Bryce or or CJ Stroud? What are your thoughts on those guys? Yeah, so thinking back to the draft, um, if you recall, like I was a big CJ Stroud guy, was really impressed by him, especially at Ohio State. Um, and I think that that has translated really, really well to the NFL for him. I think that with Bryce Young, like he's kind of got the signs that he is improving. He's done a lot of things that we saw at Alabama where you're like, yeah, that that's Bryce Young right there. And then he makes some plays where it's like, wow, I've never even seen him like look in that direction into double coverage or whatever, like throw those balls at all. I'm not sure. Like, where is that actually coming from? Well, but- that that's where, that's where I think that um, that play calling from Frank Reich early on has hindered Bryce because he'd have been having yeah. so many of these quick, get the ball out that when he, they finally do dial up a play, he sort of gets caught in two minds of going, well, my first read is LaVisca for a three yard bubble screen behind the line of scrimmage. And then he sort of goes, Oh, that doesn't look open. I'll try and squeeze it in between four defenders. And then instantly, like as soon as the game ends and they speak to him, his first thing is, yeah, that's my fault. I don't make those plays. Like I need, if I'm going to throw that ball, I need to get that out quicker. Mm. Yeah. I mean, like, I think he's, he's been the, I feel like he's been the victim of a few things. One, maybe the play calling Two, the matchups, the opponents, these face, like started with the Falcons and the Saints. Like they are not easy matchups, especially for a rookie quarterback divisional opponents didn't play against Seahawks did have Minnesota, but they've started to sort of come good. And then it was Detroit and Miami. Like all those teams are very good. So mm. like, I don't, I don't really blame him. I'm, and then again, he's throwing the ball to Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, DJ Chark, Hayden Hurst. Like he doesn't really have the pieces he's need. The defense has been like good enough at this stage or they've been okay. They've been fairly good against quarterbacks, not very good against the run. But if you look, I'm just looking at, um, Total team DVOA. Carolina's 32nd, the dead last. Uh, Houston is 14th. So to focus on Houston for a, a moment, like, yes, like you're saying, CJ Stroud, he is, he's been breaking, smashing records. He's been sort of starting to be compared uh, with, you know, the best who started their career, which is really encouraging to see as well. I do suspect he might regress a little bit, but I have been saying that for a while. I mean, it took him six games to throw his first interception. He has been playing absolutely lights out. And he's he's probably got, I mean, like he hasn't got a star wide receiver, but Nico Collins, Robert Woods, and Tank Dell with Dalton Schultz as a tight end, like they're not bad. And then I think he is in a very, like you were saying, a very, very good environment with D'Amico Ryans and that coaching staff. So uh, matchup as well, you know, in uh, AFC South, a little bit easier than Bryce has it, I think, as well. They played Pittsburgh. They've not been very good. Uh, Baltimore was a tough matchup, but that was the first matchup. And uh, then they played the Saints as well. So, oh, and the Falcons, which, you know, they did lose that game. So, yeah, it's like similar, but also at the same time, I think CJ Stroud has really, really um, turned water into wine, so to say. So to yeah. speak. Yeah, he's, he's looked... He's looked really good. And as you said, like the, the Carolina defense has been, you look at what they were last year. They were they were quite good last year, that defense. Now, granted, they've had some injuries. Uh, Jeremy Chin's now gone on the IR for four games. 
Xavier mm. Woods has been out with an injury. Von Bell's missed a game. And, and JC Horn's missed most of the season so far as well. So, you know, that was uh, that's sort of been their, their guys that they've they've really missed. Shaq Thompson's a huge loss as well. They lost him in the first or second, first game of the season. Yeah. So they're, they're down their best linebacker. So yeah. when you when you sort of go through that defense for Carolina and it was sort of, you had Brian Burns on the outside, Derek Brown, Shaq yeah. Thompson, Frankie Louvu, and then you'd go JC Hoare, Jeremy, you know, et cetera, et cetera. When those guys have started to get injured and drop off, that, that depth really... Uh, you know, it, it really starts to get tested. So, you know, their, their mm. middle linebacker that they've been playing uh, since Shaq Thompson been in, has been injured is um, Camus Grugier-Hill, who was out of the open market for anyone yeah. and he ended up signing in Carolina for next to nothing. So, like, it's he's not been a really, like, dominant guy that, you know, at least, like, to me, one of the things I think is, like, Seattle was able to sign Bobby Wagner back. Yeah. Like, you know, they're able to get Bobby Wagner back. They've just signed Frank Clark as well. Like, yeah. they're bringing in these big names. But you're looking at some of these guys that Carolina bought in, and it was, yes, it was Justin Houston. And, yeah, you know, they got Yvonne Bells and a couple of the other defensive lines. But when those big guys and you don't have the best of the depth pieces behind, it starts to really drop that defense off. And I think I saw a stat today. I can't remember who said it, but Carolina is the worst in the league or giving up the most yards prior to contact on the run. Really? And then, yeah. and then the most yards after contact. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm looking at my betting sheet and that would make a lot of sense there. <laughs> One of the worst. <laughs> There's a lot of green for, yes, bet against the run from the Carolina run D. And, and I mean, even Miles Sanders came out this week too, who I was hoping was going to be a really good signing for, for them and also too, like yes, Carolina's had some injuries on the um, offensive line. Austin Corbett looks like he's back this week, so they've got their right guard back. But yeah, uh, Miles Sanders has been frustrating. I thought he would be a lot better. I really thought he'd be good. Yeah, so and he even came out this week and said he knows he's played like shit and he's he's not shying away from it. That was pretty much his yeah. exact words. I know I've played like shit, but yeah. all I can do now is try and work on it and be better. But yes, right. if I was a fan of Carolina, I'd be very disappointed in how I've played this year as well. So he's at yeah. least honest in, in his assessment. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So I, as much as I would love to say that I think the Panthers could win this, I do have the Texans over Carolina in this game. Yeah, I, I would take the Texans here as well. I just think that they're better structured, better foundation. Um, the only hesitation I really have is that it is in Charlotte and the Panthers are due for a win. They need a win. And I'm wondering about this change of coaching staff. Does this make a big enough impact? And if not now, when then? If we yeah. schedule ahead, uh, after Houston, they play Indy. Uh, Chicago, Dallas, Tennessee. So few winnable games in there. I mean, maybe against Chicago, we could say maybe Indy sort of fall back down to earth. Tennessee. And yeah. So we'll see. If it was, if it was nearly any other team at this point of the season, that 0-6 and if you're Carolina and you thought right now it's time to hit the reset button and start on our team, that's when they'd start trading away some of their big pieces and you'd see a Brian Burns on the move and a few others. Yeah. But Carolina also doesn't have their first round yeah. pick this year. So, so you can't really sit there and go, oh, well, let's just shut guys down and trade them away. Like you've got nothing. 
that yeah. you can you like I said, usually if you're a team in this situation, you're like, right, who are we going to start looking at with that number one overall pick? Or do we start putting that out on the market at some stage to to maneuver around? But when you don't have that first round pick, you can't, there's there's no point in doing that. So mm. yes, yeah. I, I, I agree with I think, yeah, Texans. Texans in Carolina, I do think will win, but yeah, it'll be interesting with the coaching changes and everything to see how that progresses and how Carolina moves forward after this yeah, game. Yeah, I'm just thinking also uh, coming off the bye week as well. I mean, both teams are coming off the bye, but I wonder if Carolina looked really hard at the tape, particularly for CJ Stroud to see what bothers him. Mm. I wonder if they can get enough pressure. I mean, he's still at the end of the day a rookie quarterback. Yeah, and um, also too, it's... To me, it seems like the best chance that Carolina does have of winning is trying to really make CJ Stroud have his worst game he's had as a pro. Like they need to force yeah. the turnovers, they need to get pressure on him. If they yeah. can't do that, it feels like he's going to be able to pick apart the defense. So, right. Yeah. So yeah. So next game is actually a really good game. Well, better than what I was expecting it to be. If you saw this at the start of the season, it's the LA Rams at the Dallas Cowboys. I'm just going to go out on out here. I do think the Cowboys are going to win this game because I do really like their defense, but I have been thoroughly impressed by what the Rams have done this year. Yeah. Considering at the start of the year, a lot of people were expecting them to be in the hunt for the number one overall pick. Oh, all of a sudden that Seahawks loss week one to the Rams is starting to look not as, uh, not as bad, a little bit more admirable than it did back then. But um I mean, it was a blowout in Seattle. But, uh, yeah, no, look, the Rams have looked great. I mean, Puka Nakua has just been lights out and now he gets to play alongside Cooper Cup, who's back. Kyron Williams has been playing really well. They've kind of just found pieces, just guys who are just absolute ballers, absolute playmakers, and, like, this guy can compete. This guy wants to compete. Um, There's no part of them that is in any way tanking or trying to lose um, I think that their defense, given how young it is, it's, is starting to sort of like uh, teeter a little bit. But like Akello Witherspoon's been playing very well, I think. Um, they've still the, got Aaron Donald. They're still, at the end of the day, they've got Aaron Donald and he accounts for about three different, <laughs> three people. So yeah, no, Rams have been impressive. The Cowboys, um, I have been a little bit less impressed with, I would say. I had... I had really high expectations of them this year. I'm trying to think, did I have them as Super Bowl contenders? Yes. Thinking back to when we did before the season kicked off, who we thought we'd make it. I think I had them in Baltimore. Um, And yeah, I just think they've been a little bit less impressive. They've had very, very tough matchups. I mean, the loss of the Cardinals was brutal, but um, San Fran at Santa Clara was tough. LA, uh, they managed to squeak out that win, but it wasn't like super, super impressive. Tough team though. Um, and then New England as well recently, um, who they did have a very good game against. But so it's hard to say because they played like Giants, Jets, Cardinals, New England, all not very, very good teams. And now they sort of have to go on a run of Rams. We'll see what happens there. Then they play Philly, Giants, Carolina. So they've got a few easy games in there. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Well, just having a look back from when we did our division uh, previews and everything, you had the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl. Did I say that? Okay. You, <laughs> you had you had them. Mind you, mine's not too much better. I had the Bengals winning the Super Bowl. So 
Yes, and I had the Bengals not even making the playoffs. So yes. that's interesting. <laughs> so just looking at looking back, I thought like, I took the Ram. I thought I took the Ravens in the end. I can't maybe. Uh, no. So you had this will be so your AFC teams. You had Miami, the Chargers, Tennessee, Baltimore, Kansas City, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh. Uh, and, okay, not too bad. I'll tell and, and your NFC, you had Dallas, Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, Philly, Detroit, and the 49ers. And you had the AFC champs being the Chargers. Okay, I'll take that. Not the Chargers, but, but uh, they might not even make the playoffs at this stage. So, my I had my AFC teams were Cincinnati, Jacksonville, Buffalo, Kansas City, Miami, the Jets, and Baltimore. Yeah. And then NFC, I had Philly, San Fran, Detroit, Atlanta, Minnesota, Seattle, and Dallas. See, that's not bad. So I had I had a Bengals 49ers uh, Super Bowl with the Bengals winning. Yeah, so mid, you know, nearly mid-season heat check. I think I think like both of them are like good in areas and bad in areas. <laughs> Mine yeah. are a bit more ambitious, I think. But um, yeah, no. Overall, like, and you got to think, like, you you had the New York Jets. I mean, you didn't. We didn't know Aaron Rodgers was going to get hit no. in the first four seconds of his Jets career. So, yeah, there is that to consider as well. So, not too bad. Not too not bad. Not too bad. Who do you see winning this one? I I think I've got. I do think the Cowboys win. I just think they've got. I'm. I think too. Part of it as well is they've got such a good defense. I, I know their defense has lost a bit with losing. Um, Trayvon Diggs. Um, I think Van Der Esch has been injured. And Van Der Esch as well. So, but they've lost those two, but he's still got like uh, Stefan Gilmore is able to, you know, go against either Cooper Cup or Pook and Akua. You've still got guys like Jaron Curse, Deron Blair. Like, you know, you've got these sorts of guys. And then at the end of the day too, you still have Micah Parsons. Yeah. So, like, I just think overall, then when you get on the offensive side, I know that uh, the Rams' defense has played better, but when you've got to match up with CD, Cooks, you know, Michael Gallup has his moments. Jake yeah. Ferguson's been a really good player for Dallas this year, and then you still got Tony Pollard, who hasn't had the best start to the year in terms of what everyone was sort of expecting from him. But I just think at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a lot closer than what I would have thought uh, in week yep. one. Like looking at this game, if I'd looked at it in week one, I would have thought that it might have been a blowout to the Cowboys. Right. But I do think this could actually be like a, a field goal, you know, field goal type margin. I yeah, do I think, think the Rams will compete. Yeah, I think the I think the Cowboys win, but yep. I don't think it would have been as I said preseason. If we looked at this matchup, we would have gone. Well, Cowboys have got this in the bag. They barely even need to show up, sort of thing. I think the way that it's played out, they're going to be a lot more competitive than what we mm. thought six, seven weeks ago. Yeah. I think Tony Pollard has been as advertised to me in my mind. Like, this is kind of what I expected him to be. I, I had doubts when he was going to take on the full Bell Cow role, um, just given like size and things like that. But like, he's been good, and you can see those flashes of him from previous seasons, but then you can also see a bunch of him getting like very exhausted towards the ends of games and, and sort of not particularly like closing them out per se in the way that Zeke was able to for many, many years. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I wish they would use city lamb more um, outside of the Chargers game, which was good. They've really underutilized him. 
Dak and Michael Gallup have just really struggled to link up in a really productive way, mm. I've found. And I found that Dak has been utilizing tight end options less. So then it's kind of like, well, who the hell is he actually even throwing the ball to? But it, but it is getting out there. It's going around. It's um, it's one of those things, Dak's. I think Jake Ferguson actually has one of the highest red zone target rates out of any yeah. player in the NFL. So it's, yeah. that's where he's throwing in the ball, where it's like, so like you said, it might not necessarily, like Jake Ferguson's not putting up those Travis Kelsey type eight for 180 you know, type of games, yeah. but he might have a six for a 50, but he's had seven, you know, he's had seven targets inside the red zone where, you know, he's, but you're right though. It's not quite, there just seems to be something off with Dak and his other receivers that aren't named CD Lamb. Right. Dallas 10th in overall DVOA, LA Rams 13th. So there's really not much in it at mm. all. I think too the big thing might end up being the the it's loss the of the loss of Kyron Williams as well, and you've got Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman as your your running backs for the Rams. So Dallas is 18th in offensive rank, and LA is seventh. I think you make a good call about Kyron Williams there, though, which might affect that. Mm. But defensively, Dallas is third, and LA's 20th. So this is going to yeah. be a really interesting matchup. Yeah, this this could be one of those ones that you you look at it and you think, oh yeah, it's it's going to be a goodish game. But you, then you know you go and you check. If you don't watch it, then suddenly you check the score and there's three minutes left, and you're like, wait, it's thirty three to thirty two with two minutes left. Like, what yeah. happened here? Yeah, uh, just and the last one, LA thirty second in special team TVA. So maybe that's where it'll be won and lost yeah. for Dallas. Well, fumbles, turnovers, and special teams. That just seems like a Dallas type of thing, though. Special teams decides the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you who have you got in this? You got the Cowboys as well, or are you going Rams? I'll go with the Cowboys. I will say though, if this was in LA, I understand that a lot of Cowboys fans would show up for it, but I, as they did two weeks ago, yeah. um, but. Uh, I would go. I'd go Rams if it was in LA. I got to say. So, yeah, I think but, you're right. A field goal sounds about right. Yeah. I look. I, I honestly, it's going to be one of those ones too where I'm not going to be surprised if I if I flick on score and Rams are up by 17 for some reason. Like I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah. So, moving on to our next game, it's a NFC North division game. It's the Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. The Yeti is not here with us tonight, so we can't have his 25-minute rant about the Packers. But <laughs> who I, I think after the way they've they've played the last few weeks and after the Jordan Addison breakout game last week, I have the Vikings beating the Packers. Even though the Packers are at home, I just think the, the Jordan Love trajectory has sort of started up so high and it's dipped down that little bit. And it now seems like the Vikings started off poor and are now working their way back up. So it feels like they're at that that intersection where it's really going to determine how these two teams finish the rest of their season. Yeah, I was going to say pretty much the same thing. I feel like Jordan Love kind of started out hot and then has sort of teetered off a little bit and they haven't been winning the games that they should be winning. I feel like he's had no help in the run game either. I don't think like Aaron Jones seems to be really injured quite regularly. AJ Dillon is 
like he played okay last week against Denver, but outside of that, like he's just completely unreliable. And then, yeah, his receivers, they're so young. Christian Watson can't stay healthy at the moment. Romeo Dobbs, you were right. He has been like the key guy. And that's probably not what you want. And Luke Musgrave as well. So the offense has really struggled. And then even defensively, I mean, it's kind of that old cliche, like this defense is built of first round picks. And then they're just kind of a bit like, whatever. I, I, I Like you can say, okay, against the Raiders, they kept them in that game, but it's the Raiders. I mean, yeah. Like, what are we talking here? So, yeah, uh, not a great team. And then, I mean, for Minnesota to pull out that win against the 49ers, who I understand that they're missing a few pieces as well. But with all due respect, the Vikings were missing Justin Jefferson as one of the key pieces. Jordan Addison just slotted in perfectly. TJ Hawkinson was great, as always. And Kirk Cousins, man, he has had a fairly good season so far. It has to be said, he's been throwing for a lot of passing yards. Plenty of passing touchdowns. What do we got here? Two, four, three, two, two, one, two. So how many is that on the year? I shouldn't be doing this on spot. 16 touchdowns on the year so far. And it feels like that thousand yards. That it feels like too that win last week against the 49ers. As you said, like at the end of the day, yes, they were missing a few pieces. The 49ers were on the offensive side of the ball with Trent Williams and Debo out but they still had their really good defense playing. And the fact that they were able to pull off that win and score against that 49ers defense, that could be all that that Minnesota team needs to give them that real shot in the arm to push them back up. Like we obviously thought that, so, so we both had, um, well, we both, I had the lions winning the division this year, Mm. but I thought that, Minnesota would still get in as a wild card based mm. off the pure fact that last year they were what, 11 and 0 in one score games. Yeah. And so you knew that was going to regress down. Yeah. But I still thought they were good enough to be like a playoff team. And if you watched those two teams, the 49ers and the Vikings play last week, you would have, you watched that game and you go, right, these are two playoff teams this year. Yeah. So it, it's that. And I think, like you said, I, it was my, my call on your show at the start of the year of having Romeo Dobbs over Christian Watson. Mm. And yes, I know that Watson's been injured, but it was more so, as I mentioned, that in the last two seasons, in the preseason games, Romeo Dobbs was playing with the playing in those games. Yeah. Jordan Love was playing in those games. So that's where the connection was created. That was my only thinking right. behind it all is that's they'd, they'd practiced a lot together. They'd played a bit together in the preseason. So that's why yeah. Romeo Dobbs was going to be his guy. But you just look at, as like we were saying, like last week against the Broncos, that was a close game in the end. But that pass that Jordan Love threw to Romeo Dobbs that was so far behind him that bounced yeah. off his hands into Jaden Reed's hands in the end zone for a touchdown. Like you look at yeah. that and you go, I've seen that so many times happen in a game where it hits the receiver's hands, it bobs up, the cornerback takes it 99 yards the other way for a pick six and the game's over. Like that could have happened oh, as well. If that was Zach Wilson doing that, it would be all over the internet. And I understand it was over a fair bit of the internet, but yeah, I, th- I think um, it was brutal. Hey, quick question. Kirk Cousins. So let's say he doesn't play in Minnesota next season. Like, do, is he going to get traded the trade deadline? No. Or he's playing so well. He's playing really well. And he's not sitting on the couch next year. No, he's not sitting on the couch next year. 
I'm not sure whether maybe Minnesota do re-sign him. I guess it depends on how they finish this year off. Like yeah. if he gets them to, I'd probably need to go further in the second round of the play. If he gets them to the NFC Championship game, yeah. To me, it's really hard to move off of Kirk Cousins for a rookie. Yeah, well, you can't draft a quarterback, and then you can't just replace Kirk Cousins with like Kirk Cousins. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. That's what you're kind of going out and looking for. Yeah. And I see him being on the on, on the Vikings for the rest of this season. One, the Vikings have come out and said they're not looking at trading him. Mm. Two, he said, I want to finish my career in Minnesota. Okay. And and three, he's got a no-trade clause. So he's probably not going to be willing to waive his no-trade clause. <laughs> yeah. Unless I wonder if maybe the only difference is say like if for some reason, the 49ers come calling and they say, hey, right. Minnesota, can we have Kirk for the rest of the year? But I doubt that happens either. So yeah. I just, I, he's going to be a Minnesota. And then it's just going to be how far does he take him for the rest of the year? And then come the end of the season, what do Minnesota decide to do? They, do they decide to give him another one-year contract and run it back next year? Yeah. Or if he doesn't make it to the playoffs or they get kicked out in round one, is that when... Um, the GM, the team, they decide, right, we're going to move on and we're going to try and rebuild with the quarter, uh, quarterback through the draft now. So, yeah. What if, okay, just saying that you could have Kirk Cousins on any team. So say he just comes to Minnesota this week and says, I don't want to play here. I want to be traded. And when, mm. you know, he can pick, you could you can pick his team he goes to. What would be the team that you would like to see Kirk Cousins on? Or... Any team I want. I mean, the problem with the state of the quarterback position at the moment is there's actually quite a few options that he could go to. Mm. Like, imagine him on New England with that defense. Yeah. Lights out. And I think he'd be, he'd be able to hold out up a few of those uh, receivers just fine. Um, imagine him on the Panthers. Just let Bryce, like, chill for the rest of the year and, and then away he goes. Like, they've got a good enough defense. I'm thinking, like, who are the teams who've got a good enough defense that just need – they're just missing that quarterback piece. And then they could actually be, like, in legitimate contention. Well, I've got – Falcons. I've got – I was going to say, I've got about three of them. Sorry, probably four that would be interesting. I want to say Washington, but the only reason <laughs> I don't is just because it's for for the bit, and I think they're going to trade away all their good defenders. Yeah. Week, so wouldn't make so any sense. My My – my four, I'm going to do my three semi-normal ones and then I'm going to throw out my insane one, which would absolutely yeah. just completely melt everyone's mind if it happened. Okay. So the New Orleans Saints to replace Derek Carr because we've seen what Derek Carr's been doing. He's not I'm playing. not giving up on Derek Carr just yet. No, but, I mean, it would be interesting. Yeah. I, like, I, I feel like if you put Kirk Cousins on New Orleans instead of Derek Carr, New Orleans is probably a better team than what they've shown so far this year. Yeah, that's fair. So I've got the Saints, the Falcons, who you've mentioned. Yeah. The Jets, which is just yeah an upgrade. Now, this is the one that's going to just boggle people's minds. But if you think about it, it would not be the worst team in the world. What about Kirk Cousins on the Cleveland Browns? Oh, yeah, that's a great call. <laughs> Like if if he was on that Cleveland team, it'd just be like it'd send the world into chaos. But that's, it, it's never going to happen. <laughs> it's never going to happen. But uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. If suddenly this week, 
because we've only got a couple of days left before the trade deadline. Yeah. If they get Deshaun Watson's shoulder re-examined and they decide you actually need to have season-ending surgery, and they went to Minnesota and they said, hey, imagine. I yeah. could just think of him with that defense and he wouldn't really need to, like, if yeah. he's putting up these Kirk Cousin type of numbers, I mean, it would just be, you'd sit there and you'd go, I think Cleveland might be a Super Bowl favorite if that was the case, if he was on that team with that defense. But with the way the defense has been playing minus last week, yeah, 100%. It was just one looking at the teams, I was like, in my mind, I was like, no, there is no way that'll ever happen. But mm. what if? But what if, it was just <laughs> but one of the, what if it happened to us? Oh, uh, uh, God. Uh, so, so well, yeah, I, I actually, you've convinced me. I actually, th- I do think Minnesota win this game as well. Um, I just think Green Bay is just not really playing. I don't think Jordan Love's playing good enough at the moment. No, no. So we're we're both Vikings on this one. Sorry, Yeti, if you're listening. Uh, we move on to the New Orleans Saints at the Indianapolis Colts. This game, I really don't know because we saw the Colts put up the most points and yards on the Cleveland Browns last week than any <laughs> other team. Yeah. But I think the Saints do have a better team. Yeah. And I do think the Saints are going to pick up the win against the Colts. It looks pretty evenly matched at the moment. Um I, yeah, I don't feel strongly about the Colts at the moment. It is a coin flip at the moment as well. So um, in in Indianapolis, yeah, like I like Gardner Minshew. I think he's fine. He's probably about at this point the same tier as Derek Carr, maybe like a little bit lower, but he has been playing some pretty good football in Anthony Richardson's absence. So I'm interested to see what happens with Josh Downs this week. He sort of has started to come alive a bit more. He's been playing well. Michael Pittman's having a really, really good season as well. He did get shut down last week against the Browns outside of that one broken tackle that went for like a 74-yard touchdown. But, I mean, every receiver struggled at this stage against the Browns' defense, so mm. can't blame him there. I mean, Zach Moss is obviously the greatest running back of all time, and they've got Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> like it, it, The defense is a worry, but I don't think that the Saints' offense should trouble them too much. It just depends on if, you know, like Michael Thomas can get it together. Alvin Kamara might have a really good game. Um, yeah, I might go the Saints in this one. Yeah, I'm sort of I leading. I regret that. Oh, it, I don't it's, know. it's one of those things where um, if anyone's listened to the Bill Simmons podcast, he makes this joke that when Gardner Minshew knows that he's going to start, he's not a good quarterback. He needs yeah. to. So they said it's almost one of those ones they need to start a quarterback for the first drive or two and then bring yeah. Gardner Minshew in and surprise him and be like, you've now got to run the t-. And that's where he plays his best. So, yeah. um, but he has played really well in in place of Anthony Richardson this year. But I, yeah, I, I think the Saints just, but that could be another one where it's, you know, a field goal sort of either way. And it wouldn't surprise me if either team won because you just don't know what you're going to get from the Saints week to week as right. well. Yeah. They yeah. can look really good in some games and then other games they can look like what they did last week and just not, everyone's just not on the same page at all. And Derek Carr's throwing a hissy fit on the sidelines and, you know, they're getting angry at each other. For like 340 yards though, but yeah, and then not putting up any points for it. So, yeah. So, Next game is another division game in the AFC East. It's the New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. 
it's Tyreek Hill looks like he's going to be playing this week, which was sort of a question throughout this week whether he was going to or not. Mm-hmm. I would think that the Dolphins should do this easily, but mm. then all of a sudden we see last week the Patriots beat the Bills, and yeah, you just uh, this this New England team is a bit like the a couple of these other teams that we've said, like with your New Orleans and things like, like what are you getting from week to week from Mac Jones and that offense? Right. Like some weeks he looked like last week he played really well. And then the, the couple games before that, he was getting benched in the fourth quarter because they were being absolutely blown out. They yeah. got shut out against the Saints a yeah. few weeks back. Like Yeah, at home. Was it at home? Yeah, it was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't know what to think of this team week to week. And last time when they did play, Miami got the win, but Christian Gonzalez was on Tyreek Hill. Now, obviously, Christian Gonzalez is out, mm. you know, so who's going to, I guess it's probably going to be JC Jackson now that he's back New Elite, New England, that he'll be lining up against Tyreek, but they just feel like they've got too many weapons This than this New England defense mm. who've lost a couple of people with Gonzalez and uh, Matt Judon out as well. Yeah, I think so. That the Patriots, they do like Belichick. He plays hard. He plays a really good defense. Um, offense is obviously very questionable, but the Dolphins' defense hasn't been lights out either. But I just think with it in Miami, it's going to be twenty-seven degrees. So it's going to be hot, um, probably humid as well. I think that that those conditions favor the Dolphins, and I do think that they'll probably run all over them at home. So yeah, I'd take the Dolphins here pretty comfortably. I want to see more out of Jalen Waddle, though, I got to say. If Bill Belichick, if the defense is double-teaming Tyreek Hill, if that's even possible, um, I want to see if they can take him away. Can Jalen Waddle step up in their place, or will it be like, uh, who is it, like Braxton Berrios? Is he playing Braxton Berrios. Um, Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson's played a good game last week. Durham Smythe, the number one tight key tight end. Like, yeah, there's just a few options here that seems a bit suspect, a bit questionable. I'm hoping the defense, the front four, can get a bit of pressure on Mac Jones. That'd be nice to see. It does also look like uh, Jalen Ramsey might actually be playing this week for Miami as well. Wow, I did not hear that. Which, really? yeah, there's there's sort of he's he's off. He's had his um 21 day practice, like you know, get back out into yeah. it. That I thought he wasn't activated. Be back until December. Well, that was activated last week, I believe. And he was on the sideline at the, the game the other night. And yeah. I think I read something before that it hasn't been it hasn't been made official. He's yeah. not he's actually come out on Twitter, I think, and made a joke like, Hey, yes, I'm practicing, but that doesn't mean I'm playing this week. Yeah, because but then I think I saw they... a Schefter thing that he might be looking he's trending towards playing. Yeah, I thought that they did. They had to do that because if he doesn't, he has to spend the rest of the season on IR, and he'll miss the rest of the season regardless. So therefore, they have to activate him at some point. Yeah, but from what I think I saw, I'll see if I can yeah. find it. I think there was a thing from Schefter that saying that Jalen Ramsey might be back this week. I'll see if I can find it. But um... yeah, that's interesting because I I always thought that there was like a grace period of window. So they go they go on the pop or IR before the season. They're there for four weeks. Then they've got a period of time to come back onto the roster. And if they don't make it back in time, then they miss the rest of the season. But their Dolphins are in, had anticipated he'd be good to go by end of November or early December. So they might want to be activating him for that reason. But then you don't want to burn a, a, a bench spot either. 
So the so Schefter reported that uh, Miami is expected to have Jalen Ramsey on the field Sunday when they take on the Patriots. Jalen Ramsey said, so this is why I just got a crazy amount of texts. Well, this is news to me. <laughs> MFers, MFers don't care about being right. They care about being first in today's media. That's sad. <laughs> and he said, full transparency, there's a chance that I can play this Sunday, but that decision genuinely isn't made yet. So that's news to me, just like it is to you all. Um, LOL, I have to go through a whole, whole process to feel great enough to play. I won't play if I feel any less than great. So, yeah, yeah it, it would be interesting. I would I would like to see him play, but I just I just like that. Like, this is news to is me. That, yeah, <laughs> I would love to see him be out there just to, like, fuck with people. I think they're just trying to mess with Bill, Bill Belichick. Yeah. And all of a sudden he just shows up on the field and like, oh, well, there goes, like, Kendrick Bourne or whoever. <laughs> Pop Douglas. Yeah. So we both got the Dolphins there. Moving on is the Battle of the New Yorks. It's mm. the Jets versus the Giants. Those poor bastards. <laughs> it's uh, Zach Wilson's copping a bit from New York media because he didn't stay in New York in their bye week. He went back to Utah with his girlfriend, so he's upset some New York uh, radio. Oh, man, post. I saw that. That's bullshit, man. All players go to, like, Cancun or wherever they they all go on holiday or during the bye week. The, what was it? The the guy that that went off on him from the New York media, the WFAN. I can't think of his name at the moment, but he got there yeah. and he was like, 52 other guys should leave the facility for the week off, but the one one of the fifth the one guy who should be staying there is the quarterback who's not played very well for his entire career. He needs to be around the facility for the week off, and he needs to watch as much film as possible. And blah blah blah. Yeah. And I was sitting there thinking. He can watch as much film as he wants, but if he goes out and just goes, I'm just going to Zach Wilson, it's going to do yeah. bugger all, isn't it? Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I do, I think I've got the Jets in this game. The Giants, I mean. I want to see the Jets win this, man. Yeah. I just think their, their defense is incredible. And that's where it's really sad from a football point of view that the Aaron Rodgers thing happened so early because they would probably genuinely be a Super Bowl contender with a semi-decent Aaron Rodgers with that defense alone. So they, I mean, they nearly beat the Chiefs, which was impressive to say the least. I'm just having a look now because do, is that true? Like, do we think that the Jets would be better now, would have more wins? So, okay, look at their schedule. So they beat the Bills. They lost to the Cowboys. Would they have won that game with Aaron Rodgers? Maybe. I think maybe. They lost to the Patriots by five. Look, they might have won that one. I, I reckon they probably win that one. They nearly beat the Chiefs, but they lost. I don't think Aaron Rodgers makes too much of a difference against the Chiefs. Maybe not, but I think... That was that, a weird game. That was. Um, they beat that, the Broncos and they beat the Eagles. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I reckon... Look, I reckon they're at least... Another. I sound like I love just Zach Wilson. I don't. No, it's. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, and then this is in lieu of uh, Sauce Gardner, who has been sort of like fairly average. Yeah. So I think, yeah, the, the Jets, yeah, beat the Bills week one, smashed by the Cowboys week two. Look, I still think they probably lose that Cowboys team, but I don't think it's 30 to 10 as it was. Yeah, sure. sure. Uh, there. Yeah, but a win's a win. I think they beat the Patriots if you've got Aaron Rodgers there. Yeah, that's the one I think that they would have got. The Chiefs, I don't know. Like it, it. The the thing would be if you think back to that game too, 
they were driving down the field the um to, to tie the game up and Zach Wilson fumbled that ball that snap the Chiefs recover they run down the clock Mahomes goes running into the end zone and me as a guy who had a bet on with the last leg that I needed to catch was a Patrick Mahomes anytime touchdown and he went down <laughs> at the one and ran the clock out <laughs> no. really but like you know they're, they're I don't think obviously Aaron Rodgers makes that mistake there so I mean that whether there was still tight there was still like over two minutes left on the clock so who knows Mahomes could have come down straight away they they score they win that game anyway like that's possible but yeah beat the Broncos Eagles you know depends I think it's I think it's probably going to be more the back end of the season so looking at their schedule after right. the Giants hopefully it gets in, in ease oh for the Giants yeah uh, so it's Jets and Giants, then it's the Chargers, yep. the Raiders, then you go the Bills, the Dolphins, the Falcons, the Texans, the Dolphins, the Commanders, the Browns, the Patriots to end the season. Man, that's just the that's gonna be one of the toughest schedules of all time. Yeah, I just think I think it's the I, I don't trust Zach Wilson against the really good defenses, and they've got a lot of good defenses there that they're playing in those couple of weeks. I think Aaron Rodgers gives them that better chance that oh, yeah. towards not, the end yeah, of that season, that. towards the end of the season for the Jets is where their season's going to be uh, like, you know, the make or break part, that run after this, this Jets-Giants game. And like, even if they go, what's that, almost 500 for the rest of the way, like in the AFC, that might not be good enough to get into the playoffs. I think they would probably be more like, so what are they? They've got 11 games left. I think like they could potentially go the rest of the way, you know, five and six or whatever. Is it 11 games or 10 games they've got? 11 games. Yeah. Oh, and to be clear, I think, for, yeah, if they had Aaron Rodgers for the rest of the season, that'd be awesome. <laughs> be yeah. But I'm just saying like the question of, how many games would have been different for them? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it would be, might be, I think we concluded might be one game was would be different. I think it's it's at least one. I think it's a Patriots game and it could potentially mm. be two with that Chiefs game. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think that it was just a weird game. I think mm. if Aaron Rodgers was there, the Chiefs probably still would have won that game. Probably. The win against the Eagles was the shock. It was just like the, yeah. I don't even know what to make of this. Yeah. That was the Jalen Hurts just absolutely fell apart and threw three interceptions yeah. and couldn't figure out where on earth they came from. But yeah. I, I think, though, that it's, yeah, more so for the rest of the season. I think yeah. if they've got Aaron Rodgers, they've got to, like, is it potential that the Jets go to, say, like I said, five and six the rest of the way with Zach Wilson? Yes. I don't think they would go five and six with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback for the rest right. of the season. So, yeah. like, I, I feel like, you know, if if the Jets do get to ten wins with Zach Wilson there, I, it wouldn't be surprised if it's more a um, defense winning games as opposed to uh, the you know the great outstanding player of Zach Wilson. But Man, you know uh, what? That January seven game against the Patriots. Sorry, January six in the states. Mm. That week eighteen game against the Patriots. That could be like a winning in for the Jets, and that'll yeah. be a fucking tough matchup. Yeah, that's exciting. Because, like, I mean, what if they beat the Browns? Yeah, well, week this, seventeen, and then they play the Commanders. They could win. Yeah, to me, it seems like that Browns Jets game could really come down to which defense is going to get the last safety of the game. 
yep. to win that. And the score ends up, it's five to two with one field goal and a safety versus a, a safety. And that's what happens in that Browns-Jets game, just because those yeah. are really good defences. So, But yeah, in this game, I do have the Jets over the Giants in this one because, as we're saying, this AFC is so tough this year with these teams that the Jets really are going to have to... To me, yeah. they're, going, they're just going to have to keep winning. like to Because even if they do go and end up with nine wins or something. Nine wins could put them three games out of the wild card, like, or two games out of the wild card or something because of how yeah. strong these teams are. So, yeah. Now, fair enough. And look, to be honest, I got no notes on the Giants. I think that they wonder if I, yeah, I think that they're the worst team in, in football. The Giants. I think they're the worst in the Panthers. I, it's them or the Broncos. But the Broncos have stars. They're yeah. just playing well. Like the Giants just, I mean, they suck. Daniel Jones sucks. They've got no receivers. Wanda Robinson has been good. Darren Waller's good. Saquon Barkley's good. But for whatever reason, they suck. The other, the other New York media controversy at the moment is would the Giants be better playing um, Tyrod Taylor Tyrod the rest Taylor, of the season yeah. over Daniel yeah. Jones? So. They would. They would. It's not even a question. It's not even like a hot take. It's like the most lukewarm take. <laughs> well, if we move on to another team that I really can't figure out, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers home to the Jacksonville Jags. Yeah. Now, I think Jacksonville wins this game, but this Steelers team is weird. Yeah, they're weird. I think the Steelers win this game. That's how weird I think they are. This this is that um <laughs> this is another one of the Bill Simmons thing is for 55 minutes of the game, Kenny Pickett is looks like the worst quarterback in the league. Yeah. If you're within one score and there's five minutes left on the clock, Kenny Pickett turns into prime Peyton Manning. Yeah. And, and George Pickens is suddenly open. Yeah. And and or that the other thing is that Matt Canada's whole playbook is actually to lull the other team to sleep so that when they do finally throw a pass downfield, it's the winning score. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, my God, I wasn't expecting it because all he's done is throw to yeah. Najee's run straight into the back of his left guard and he's got 18 carries for 22 yards. Yeah, I believe that they mixed up one of the – not mixed up, sorry. They, they, like, they did some exotic plays last week for the first time, apparently, all season. They did, like, one or two, apparently. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but like I, so my thing is more to do with Jacksonville. I understand that they're, are they five and two? Is that real? Yeah, they're five and two. And what's even more real and weird is the Steelers are four and two. Yeah, I mean, that's nuts. <laughs> but like, I don't think the Jacks have been playing like a five and two team. I think that they've been like really just getting lucky and scraping out these wins. Mm. Um, Trevor Lawrence has been playing not to expectation. And I'm going to, put my betting hat on here again. What I mean by this is so through seven weeks, he's only gone over his um, passing yardage prop twice. Mm. So basically what I'm trying to say is the ex there's an expectation of what Tra Trevor Lawrence should be able to achieve. And then there's what he's actually achieving. And he's, he's not actually hitting that. He's not quite getting there. Um, the Jags defense has been really bad. They're unable to get pressure. I don't know how they're slogging out some of these wins. They beat Buffalo. Obviously they beat the Saints. That was kind of a weird game as well. Beat the Falcons, lost to the Chiefs, lost to the Texans. Um, I mean, they swept the Colts. 
their run is going to start getting a little bit tougher as well. So after Pittsburgh, they're on bye, which would be nice. But then they play 49ers, Titans, Houston, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Baltimore, Bucks. So they, they've got a really tough end Ooh. to the schedule. It's they just do need to win now. But I think that this is I think this is a back coming back down to earth game for them. See, and the thing with the Jags is we saw it last year. They started off and they looked like they were going to be potentially competing for a top five pick halfway through the year last year. And then they went on this run that ended up getting them into the playoffs. Mm, they could they yeah. could do that again this year. And like there's not too many guys on that team who are actually playing up to expectations when you think of it. Like so Evan Ingram has Evan, I was I was just saying that Evan Ingram has been playing lights out, awesome. And hasn't, touchdown. but like Evan Ingram still hasn't had a touchdown. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um uh, Zay Jones, who last year had a career for the Jags, has been out injured. Yeah, he's hardly Ke- played. Calvin Ridley has not been the Calvin, Calvin Ridley. Man. He's been non-existent. Yeah. He so, week one, he went off. And then since then, he's just been nowhere to be seen. Why? I don't understand why. And, like, Christian Kirk has has played all, like pretty decently as well. Mm. But it still sort of seems underwhelming, I guess, after how he played last year, if that makes sense. Like you sort of, the way the year he had last year, it increases your expectations of him. Yeah. And so then if he doesn't, maybe even if it's in your own mind, you sort of like, you sit there and you think, okay, maybe he'll do this again or be slightly better second year, et cetera, et cetera. And if he doesn't, and I think that maybe that's part of this is like the, um, I guess the recency bias is like, in the sense of going, okay, last year he completely came out of nowhere, it felt like, and had this incredible season. So then you do you yeah. are expecting more. So if he does have a, a bad week or two, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, he's pretty terrible. When in actual fact, he's playing okay. Like he's not being bad. He's just, I, I don't know, it's really hard to try and... I think he's been playing better than last year. I mean, like I was watching that Saints game closely. That... Um, that sort of like catch he took over the middle of the field that he took the house was that was awesome. And yeah. He's been doing those a few. He's been flashing like that in a lot of games. He did it against the Bills as well. Just looking at their defensive DVOA, Jacksonville's defensive DVOA rank is fourth. Would not have expected that. Cleveland, Baltimore. Dallas and Jacksonville. That's got to be a typo, right? I wouldn't. I. They probably would have been. Well down on my list, if you if yeah. I had to try and guess what the defense was going to be. Well, I just said I thought they'd been playing badly, but uh, okay, I'm going to need to look at that. Maybe it's the matchups. I guess, yeah. Uh, it's it. I, I honestly, that's um, dumb for me. I don't. Yeah, I honestly didn't think that. Come back. I'm like, gee, Jacksonville's a bit high, fair bit higher than the Steelers here. I wonder why that is. <laughs> I'm looking the defense fourth in defensive DVOA. Crazy. Yeah, would not have right. would not have picked that. But yeah. so we're we're split on this one. I've got Jags. You got Steelers. Just yeah, because... I want Steelers at home. And I I think to maybe it's cold this... man eight degrees. I think this maybe is where they have with the Jags. They might have like they've got the bye next week, and then maybe they regroup and they come back a bit more, and they go on a sim. Maybe not quite the same type of run as what they did last year, but just like a similar type of. Mm. right we need to figure out now that we've got the bye week what's been working for us what hasn't and maybe if Calvin really does have another quiet game this week he you know 
Doug Peterson goes away and they try and figure out a way to integrate him more into the offense to really open up what maybe Trevor Lawrence, like you were saying, he he hasn't hit the expectations of what everyone's expecting, but maybe after this bye week, they, he suddenly comes out and he looks like what everyone was hoping he might turn out to be. Yeah. Uh, Moving on to the next game. It's a game that I can tell you now I probably won't watch a minute of. It's the Falcons versus the Titans. Oh, come on now. I reckon the Falcons will win this. And Don't you want to see Derrick Henry play his last game for the Titans? Well, he's got to make it there first. There's potential that he could get traded. (laughs) Uh, But Titans, the traded Kevin Byard uh, yesterday. Yeah. To the Eagles for Terrell Edmonds and a fourth and a fifth round pick. So that's a great deal for the Eagles to get yeah, Kevin Byer. Um, Back for seconds. I can't believe the Eagles. Uh, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I probably won't watch too much just because there's some other games in here that I would prefer to watch when this is the case. So uh, have you got any uh, insight on this Falcons Titans game? Because I don't. <laughs> I wouldn't call it an insight, but who the hell is playing quarterback for the Titans? Because apparently it might not be Ryan Tannehill. And it doesn't look like it'll be Malik Willis either. Well, Will Levis. Actually, I believe the, the report that they mentioned was that Will uh, Malik Willis will trot out there and play a few snaps. But for the most part, they might be firing up Will Levis this week, which would, maybe, be, would be wild. Maybe they're going to turn Will Levis into the new Gardner Minshew. Start start Malik Willis and then just completely shock him and throw him into the game and he's just got no time to prepare. Yeah, potentially. So, I mean, it's going to be tricky. I feel bad for DeAndre Hopkins, man, to join that team. I'm just looking at the injury report. Ryan Tannehill ankle did not practice Wednesday, did not practice Thursday. So not looking good for him. Um, yeah, we're going to see someone. Uh, Derek Henry did not practice as well. He had a rest day as one of them. I think they've just basically said they're resting him. Traylon Burks is back. He's good to go. Hopkins has been limited, but he's probably because he's old. Um, and he doesn't to... practice anyway. I don't, I don't even know why I'm looking at the Titans injury report. To be honest, the Falcons are going to win this game. I honestly think too, to this, this might be the last week on the Titans of having it just on the team, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and DeAndre Hopkins. I wouldn't be, it won't, it won't shock me if all three of them end up on the move at the, at the deadline. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just throwing this one out there as a team as well. Uh, I think Ryan Tannehill to the Atlanta Falcons to reunite with Arthur Smith. Yeah, really? We'll see how it goes this week. And Hey, uh, Ryan, do you want to just come back with us? Yeah. Just, just come and just jump on our plane, yeah. mate. Just, don't, just go, don't go home. Come with us. <laughs> Uh, so we now move on to NFC East division game, Philly at Washington. We saw this game a couple of weeks ago where Sam Howe threw the miraculous pass as time expired. Mm. They tied the game. Oh, they were, they were a point. That's right. They were a point down. They could have gone for the two point to win. And Ron Rivera said the offense was tired. So that's why we keep <laughs> the extra point. And went into overtime, and I don't think the Eagles let it get as close this time, and they will win comfortably against Washington. Yeah, particularly when you consider that uh, last year in primetime, the Commanders beat the Eagles. Um, It shouldn't always be as close as it is for these guys. I don't know why it always is, but like we were talking about the trade deadline, I think the commanders are ready to ship a few of their key defenders away 
and that'll probably have an impact here. I think the Eagles probably do win this fairly handily, but these two teams, they play each other weird. Yeah. It seems like this, that ever since I can remember watching football, it doesn't matter how good one of these two teams are. Whenever they play, it just ends up a weird ass game every single time. Just a coin flip. It's like the Steelers and the Ravens, same deal. Mm. Sometimes I think it's like, um, the Seahawks and the 49ers. It's just yeah. doesn't matter who, how much better one team is than the other. They always play each other weird. Well, speaking of your Seahawks, they're home to oh, yes. the Cleveland Browns. So give me your Seahawks thoughts and just your overall vibe on the season so far. Season so far, I think it's been good. Um, we are sitting, what are we, are we at five, we're at four and two? Four and two, same uh, as the Browns. Yeah, and man, I'm just, I'm still kicking myself over that Rams game week one. We we should be five and one, really, when you think about it. Played a really great game against Detroit. At Detroit, those, the last like four or five times we've played there, it's just always been a shootout. Good win against the Panthers was concerning how many points and yards we gave up to Andy Dalton, but here we are. Um, Giants, we slogged out and won it. We should have. The Cincy loss, uh, I think it was to be expected. I, I'm I'm comfortable with that loss. And then the Cardinals, we beat the Cardinals at home, which is, that's unusual for us. Usually the Cardinals beat us at home and we beat the Cardinals in Glendale. So <laughs> maybe we will sweep them this year finally, which would be nice. Um, So overall, it's been fine. I think Tyler Lockett, you know, okay, so the receiving the receiving group has been um, a bit underwhelming, i got to say. DK has not been as good as I thought he would be, for one. Tyler Lockett, I thought, would take a step back, but he has taken a bigger step back than I thought he would. Um, and then pile that on with Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I am rocking this evening. My throwback, because this will be the first of two throwback games for the Seahawks. If you're watching on Twitter, you can see... I'm decked out in my Seahawks throwback gear. Um, he had a good game last week against the Cardinals. Good matchup for him. DK wasn't playing, so that was helpful as well. But we've mainly just been running these tight end sets. It's like Noah Fant, Colby Parkinson, and not even too much of Will Disley, but we've mainly been going through the tight ends. Uh, Ken Walker's been playing pretty well. He's been playing better than I thought. I would I'd love to see more um, from Zach Charbonnet, but I understand he's been injured for a little bit. And it does feel like they've been holding him back a little bit. Gino, I don't think has been playing as well as he played last season, but I still think he's been playing good. And I think he's been playing good enough. The defense outside of Boya Mafe look relatively unchanged from last year. They're still giving up a lot of yards, still giving up a lot of points, whether it's at home or on the road. Um, but like I was saying, Boya Mafe has been playing awesome. Um, and then, like you were saying earlier, we just signed Frank Clark to get a bit of help there as well. Charles Cross has come back, which has been really helpful. We haven't seen too much of Abe Lucas on the offensive line, so I'm just darting around from position to position. I'm just going rattling off the top of my head. Uh, the, oh, the, the one uh, who's impressed me. Burying the lead. Burying the lead. Devin Witherspoon has been yeah. like, awesome. I was about to say that. So I mentioned this last week with Dan when we were so talking. Long? When I was talking with Dan about this last week and I mentioned that he got moved into the slot out of necessity due to injuries to, you know, Kobe Bryant, etc. So they moved him in. Yeah. And that game against Arizona, was Arizona or the Giants? The Giants, the Giants is the one that he destroyed. <laughs> he just, he looked like the best defender in the NFL that game. He was yeah. just 
everywhere. And it's now one of those things you go, he's looked so great in the slot where he's been playing. Yeah. Why would you want to move him back to the outside? Like he's just, he's been just destroying everyone that he's, he has been better than advertised where he's picked. Like I really liked him. And I remember when we, when we did our draft show and we're talking about it, we were both a bit shocked and surprised because we weren't expecting with a spoon yeah. at five, but upon later, and then I was like, yeah, I like it. Yeah. And that was the thing. We both sat there and we were like, later, we're like, I actually really like this with a spoon woolen. you got Kobe Bryant, you know, you so yeah. we started rattling it off and we we're like, Oh, I really like this pick in the end. Wasn't who we expected, but yeah, he's, he's been, I, that I like that secondary with him and Rick woolen there. That's just one of those ones where you are stoked because you could sort of sit there and you go, right, for the next 10 years, yeah, my corners are set. It's it's it is almost that new Legion of Boom type of thing. Like in the sense of going, when you came to Seattle, you went, okay, I've got Richard Sherman, I've got Cam Chancellor back there. You know, you sort of you started rattling all the guys off and you yeah. go, right, we've we're set for years, we're set here. And that's what this sort of feels like with these guys now is you sort of, okay, I can start my defense with Witherspoon and Woolen and then I'm set at the corner position. I don't really need to yeah. stress too much. It's just more so the, you know, your, your nickel backs or your safeties if you want to try and make some moves around there moving forward. But yeah, it's, I've really liked what I've seen from him so far this year. I'd be interested to see what uh, Tariq Woolen's, uh, PFF grade is at the moment because I, I I kind of feel like he hasn't been playing as well as he was last year. I mean, he did play lights out last year, um, but just having a look at the injury report, Kenneth Walker did not practice all week with a calf injury. Bobby Wagner and Tyler Lockett did not practice as well. I'm just I think that might just be because they're a bit older. Um, other than that, we look all right. Um, yeah. Okay, so having said all of this, who do you think wins the game? Well, I hope I don't sound like too much of a homer here, but I think that Seattle wins this game. I do too, just because it's like that Browns defense is so hard to move the ball against. But yeah. I think it's just the, at the end of the day too, it's PJ Walker in Seattle is yeah. what has me worried for on the Brown side of things. Yeah. The weird thing with Seattle, right, is especially when we play in Seattle, whenever a like very, very, very good team comes to Seattle, we're usually very competitive against them. We can usually even win those games. It's when like a really bad team comes to Seattle that we just get completely destroyed. Yeah. Uh, I was even surprised that we we beat the Giants, although that was in New York. But so yeah, that's where I was kind of at for this one, I'm um, just looking. I think we're favorites now. I guess that's in lieu of the Deshaun Watson news that he probably won't be playing. Yeah. Um, I just just so you were you were mentioning about the PFF grade. So Tariq Woolen amongst cornerbacks is ranked 71st this year amongst yeah, cornerbacks. Right. Have would you like to have a guess where uh Devin Witherspoon is ranked on PFF grades for cornerbacks? Oh, I'm trying to A, not sound like a homer and B, not use too much recency bias. Can I say like 50th? Well, I can tell you that you'll be gladly surprised that he's much higher than 50th. Okay. Would you be shocked if he was in the top 20 of PFF grade? Top 20? Yeah. Would you be shocked at that? 
I wouldn't, I'm not like shocked, shocked. I'd be shocked if he's like top 10. Um, uh, would you be shocked if he's top five in PFF grade? Oh, yeah, I'd be very shocked. Would you be very shocked if he was number one in PFF for cornerback <laughs> no, grade? come yep. on. According no. to PFF, Devon Witherspoon has an 88.5 defensive grade for cornerbacks. Second, yeah. second is Jalen Johnson from the Chicago Bears with 85.5. He has been playing lights out. Third is Darius Williams for the Jags. Isaac Yadam for the Saints and Kendall Fuller, uh, your top five or top four. Number six okay. is, Chris, is Christian Gonzalez was number six. That's so amazing. If you, you know were... why that is? Is because he probably was extremely limited in his first like three or four games. And then he just came onto the field and exploded. So in, That's crazy. in terms of coverage grade via PFF, so he is... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's 10th in coverage grade behind Source Gardner. Source Gardner's ninth in coverage That's grade. Crazy. For he could win defensive rookie of the year. He, he where he has excelled. So he's fourth in rushing defense grade for PFF yeah. for cornerback. So he is behind Tyson Campbell, Jordan Lewis, and Terrell Smith. Yeah. And then for pass rushing grade, he is number one amongst cornerbacks. He's got a 92.2 pass rushing uh, grade on via PFF. This is crazy. I'm glad we had this conversation. You know, so I'm just looking at um, defensive rookie of the year odds. Right now, Jalen Carter is favorite at minus 175. And then second is Devin Witherspoon at plus 200. As I Devin Witherspoon, there number one. I honestly, and, I was surprised. I was expecting maybe top, like you originally. I was like, oh, top thirty would be a good spot for him. Like, yeah. And then after that is Will Anderson and Brian Branch, and they're both at eleven hundred. Mm. So there so is a huge gap between those first two and the rest. I need so, to transfer these into decimal. Really, real two horse race there between Jalen Carter and. Uh, Devin Witherspoon there for Defensive Rookie of the Year, That's but that great. was that was really surprising actually. Just looking at that, that he is the number one ranked via PFF grade cornerback in the NFL. So yeah, because I was like, yeah, top fifty sounds like right, sounds about right. Mm. Yeah, so Jalen Carter is a dollar fifty seven. Devin Witherspoon is three dollars, and then Will Anderson is twelve dollars. Yeah, so it, it really is a two horse race at this stage. And if yeah, I kind of want to put some money on Will Anderson there, yes, yeah, so that's what I was thinking too. I was actually, like, he could have a really good back half of the season. <laughs> there's, there's probably oh, but they don't have any primetime games, Bama. I reckon there's probably two guys that I'd probably put money on there, and that would be with a spoon and probably Will Anderson because Jalen Carter's odds are too short to warrant putting anything on, I think. Yeah, also Jalen Carter, like he's been he's been fine. I wouldn't say he's been the best rookie defensively maybe he has i don't know it's hard to tell all of his eagles defenders are so good well we'll move move on to the next game now there are a couple games here where i don't have too much analysis on and this is actually one of them it's the baltimore ravens at the arizona cardinals the ravens should absolutely demolish the cardinals you would think uh, uh okay so it's coming up more and more now do you think lamar jackson is playing at an mvp level 
he's there, I I would probably it's one of those things like you you default to Mahomes, you default to probably Jalen Hurts, but I reckon he's in that conversation. Yeah. I do think it's probably it's probably going to be he'd probably in the I think there's probably about really like about a four horse race sort of thing for MVP because you're never going to give it to a yeah. guy like as much as it probably should go to someone like a Tyreek Hill or a Christian McCaffrey, it's never going to go yeah. to them unless if Tyreek ends up with 3000 receiving yards this year, that's about the only way it seems like it's going to happen. Yeah. But so when it defaults, it's probably to me, I'd probably go Mahomes. And then really you could probably just raffle it off between Hertz, Lamar and Josh Allen. I think. Tua? Tua, oh yeah, probably. Yeah. You could probably throw Tua in there as well. I throw him in there because right now it is Mahomes one at $2.75 and then Tua Hurts and then Lamar Jackson at four and then Josh Allen. Yeah. So they're, they're probably my guys that I would go. So he's, he's in there. I think too, he's just got to like to, to catch the eye of like the MVP voters is he's got to have the game sort of like he did last week where, you know, at the half it was 200 yards passing or whatever, or close to it, three touchdowns, you know, those sorts of numbers like, it seems like that for MVP voters, he had the year where, you know, he where he did win the MVP and he ran for so many yards and he threw, you know, led the lead. I think what they seem to look for as well is, especially for Lamar, there seems like a bit of a bias towards him. Like everyone knows he's a really good runner. So even if he runs for a thousand yards again, everyone's like, well, he's expected to do that. We want to see Lamar throw for mm. 4,000 yards and 35, 40 touchdowns. Like that's to me what it seems like for MVP voters. That's what they're going to be looking for. Now, I'm not saying that's fair, but, you know, that's what it sort of, it, it comes down to is it seems like that they're sort of going, yeah, well, we know you can do it with your legs. We want to see you do it with your arm and yeah. and really throw for a lot of yards. So until he does that, I think that they're probably going to um, revert back to Mahomes and Hurts are your first two sort of, options but that's just the vibe that i sort of have been getting from just various things that i've read and all that is everyone will come back and go lamar had a fantastic game he used his legs it's like the first thing like it's not really like a he threw for so many yards so i think if he has a few more games where he goes for like those 300 yards three four touchdowns to me that's where it's all he'll start to progress up i think yeah i mean Last week against Detroit, played lights out, 357 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, the long of 80 yards. That was, I think that was, was that just a dump off to Gus Edwards that he just sort of like took to the house? Yes. Um, 36 rushing yards and the rushing touchdown as well. So I think that that's why it's sort of coming up more and more. What I will say about this game is I really want to see a breakout game from Zay Flowers here. Mm. Is This is like a prime opportunity. They're going to be in a dome, so it's not going to matter. I think that this is a great matchup for Zay Flowers to have a huge, huge game. Yeah, I am in agreement with you there. I do think the Ravens get through with this one pretty yeah. easily. Uh, moving on to another divisional game, it's the Chiefs at the Broncos. We saw this two weeks ago. The Chiefs should win this one pretty easily <laughs> as well, I believe. And the one... Well, the two things that I like, and I mentioned this last week both to Dan, Rasheed Rice is becoming more and more involved and looks like he's establishing himself as the number one receiver there. And the second thing I mentioned to Dan last week is 
as much as a lot of people had their hopes tied in fantasy to McCall Harbin for that breakout, he's got a specific role within this Chiefs team that he didn't need to be there for very long, that he would start being integrated straight back into that offense for a few plays per game where it's a screen, it's a jet sweep, it's just trying like a gadgety play, just get him involved in that. And I think they will continue to do that for the rest of the season. Yeah. And, you know, the Chiefs are third in total defense, uh, sorry, total DVOA. The Broncos are 29. There's not too much to be said here. Uh, is this the last we see of Russell Wilson in a Broncos jersey? Is this the last time? Uh, he, on the sideline or, I reckon. Or do you think they play him out to the end of the season? They'll probably have to pay him out, play him out. Play him out, yeah. Uh, they'll maybe pay him. They'll <laughs> have to be. Right, what if what if the Broncos picked up Kirk Cousins? Would that like would the defense get their act together then? Well, <laughs> anything's possible there. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the last week that we see this Broncos team uh, as it's currently constructed. Like, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see maybe Jerry Judy and Jerry potentially Cortland Sutton could be gone. Yeah. Uh, there's even now they're saying the Broncos are actually listening to offers for Patrick Sertan. Oh, okay. So they'd apparently cool. they weren't keen on that, but now they apparently are. But looking at this Russell Wilson contract, just having a look. Oh, it's brutal. So it's he's got he's obviously there this year because he's got a hundred and seven million dollar dead cap hit this year. Oh, yeah. Next next year for the Broncos, he's got an eighty-five million dollar dead cap hit next year. So he's on the team for next year. That what are they gonna do? Because he's got his his yearly cash for next year is 30, 39 million he gets paid next year. Plus, then when you add his 39 million plus his dead cap hit, his salary cap hit for next year is $124 million. What are they going to do? And then 2025, he's got a $49.6 million dead cap hit. The only reason, the only time it really starts to become a potential out here, and this is according to um, uh, Spotrack that I'm on, is 2026 where he's got a $31.2 million dead cap hit. So he's on the team for at least 2024 and probably 2025, I would say. He has to be. Like, it's bad. Every time I hear the, the trade, the deal, everything about it, I just... Complete, like nothing ever changes. It's like, it's just always remembered as like just the worst trade of all time and the worst contract of, given of all time. Yeah. I'm mean, like, I don't blame them. Like who could have seen it coming? But yeah, I don't know. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do happen to lose. It wouldn't surprise, it wouldn't shock me to see the Broncos roll with Jarrett Stidham for a few weeks. Yeah. They, they need to draft a rookie quarterback. It's the only way out. Yeah, well, especially when you got a when you owe, if you've got an eighty odd million dollar dead cap hit next year yeah. for Russell Wilson. So, and what sucks for them is as soon as Russell Wilson's contract is finished and paid, then they're going to have to go pay this next rookie. Yeah, exactly. Mind you, the people who own the Broncos, they're not short of money, so that's probably not no. <laughs> not yeah, too too high in their concern, but. The next game is probably the game of the week. It's the Cincinnati Bengals at the San Francisco 49ers. This one, 
it's it's one of those ones where you really want to sit on the fence and you say that I would pick the 49ers if you can guarantee me that the uh, that at least Trent Williams is back. Uh not sure whether he's going to be back. Debo's got was a hairline fracture in his shoulder or something was that? Yeah. So uh, I don't know whether he's going to be playing. The week off that the Bengals had would have done wonders for Joe Burrow with his litany of uh, health issues he's had and with uh, T. Higgins, who had, I think, did he have cracked ribs as well, was it, T. Higgins? I did not hear that. But he, good to know. he got injured and he missed a game. And so, you know, them having the bye would have has come at a perfect time for them. Yeah, so, okay. He's not on the injury report. Yeah, so he, um, I think he did play in the last game before their bye, but he did miss the game yeah. before that. But McCaffrey's full participant, though, mm. is did not practice. All I week. should, I just realized though now, too, actually, now that I've said that, uh, Brock Purdy's in concussion protocol. That's right. I was just going to say, I think they're rolling Sam Darnold. He was, no, sorry, they won't be. Uh, Purdy was limited today. Mm. So that would be. Interesting like, to see. Protocol, they don't practice, right? I think even in a limited capacity, I don't they know. might they might be able to do certain things. Like if it's just like um, limited to like a walkthrough or like a you know just keep the arm loose sort of thing. I'm not exactly sure. They have they've never really specified what right what they can do in when they're in concussion yeah. protocol. But if he does miss, it's Sam Darnold versus the Bengals, which. I'm probably less confident in the 49ers if Sam Darnold's actually the quarterback. Uh, I'm about the same, to be <laughs> honest. I, I, I like Brock Purdy. He plays, he plays, he's a great player. He's fine. I honestly just think you could drop in anyone for Kyle Shannon <laughs> and he'll just make him look like the best fucking quarterback of all time. That's true. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I, it's, that's where I'm kind of at with it. Um, I think the Bengals win this game. I want to see them win this game. Mm. I think they need to, if they want to turn their season around and push for one of those uh, wildcard spots or to go on a run to really push the division, they need to really win this yeah. game against yeah, they the 49ers. Going. Yeah, so, if they want to make playoffs, they yeah, this is it. They've got to start now. Yeah, I look, I slightly lean to the 49ers, but I probably would swing back the other way if, Brock Purdy gets ruled out just because I've lived the Sam Darnold experience with my team before. Yeah. And so I'm not, uh, you know, you're not sure what you get from Sam Darnold from game to game. He could come out and look like incredible with Kyle Shanahan, or he could come out and throw three picks with his first three passes. You just never know. So, yeah. And Orlando Brown is the only questionable one, really. Mm. So, you know, and, and sort of you'd say that it's a big loss, but um, Joe Burrow's gone most of his career with a terrible offensive line. <laughs> so if he's without Orlando Brown, yeah. it's probably not that big a issue. I think he'll play. Yeah. So we move on to the this is the Sunday night game. It's the Chicago Bears at the LA Chargers. Now, I think the Chargers win this game. I think it looks like it's probably going to be Tyson Bajan again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Justin Fields has not practiced all week. He's, I think he's already confirmed out. Yeah. So uh, Tyson Bajan again. The Chargers should, and I say that, should win. Yeah. Uh, you would like to think that that defense 
is better than what it actually is. But you would like to think they would be able to find a way, especially with a, a, a really good, well, previously, really good defensive, you know, coordinator, head coach in Brandon Staley, be able to find a way to try and limit DJ Moore's yeah. uh, involvement in this game. I guess the big thing is going to be, uh, as we saw last week, Donta Foreman had such a good game last week and the Chargers seem to be the team who everyone runs on, it seems mm. like. So, you know, if Deontay yeah. Foreman can get going again, that's, to me, the only way that the Bears would sort of be able to to win this game is to have him going and run full head of steam and then the odd shot play, I guess, to DJ Moore where he gets, you know, like we saw in... Um, was it the game against Washington where he had the three TDs? It's got to yeah. be one of those where it's like shot plays that are long plays that develop after lots of runs, I think. So I think the Chargers win this one. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. So you briefly mentioned before about Jalen Johnson, was it? Um, when we yeah. were talking PFF. He's yeah. actually been playing very, very well. And as PFF was saying, what he's, he's number two, right? In- yeah, he's, he's number two. Yeah. He's been shutting everyone down so far so had a good game with green bay he didn't he wasn't able to get the best of mike evans but then kansas city shut down denver shut down washington shut down minnesota justin jefferson shut down although i think jefferson got injured in that was that game. his hamstring game where he did yeah, his, yeah. oh but. no 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 that was the week before so yeah justin jefferson <clears throat> no that doesn't sound right because i've got only 40 receiving yards here. So, but um, I think that like Keenan Allen has been playing phenomenal this year. I think that the, the charges have got holes though, right? Yeah. This kind of seems like this is, this is like, this is the trap that the charges lure you into. It's like, Oh, the bears at home, prime time. Great. They've got this. Mm. Like that's what they want you to think. And then Justin Herbert has been playing. Uh, not as well. I think it, maybe they're still trying to get used to the different coordinator system with Callum Moore. Maybe they're taking a little bit longer, but um, the the link with Callum, uh, with Keenan Allen has been great. It's a shame they lost Mike Williams. Uh, Quinn Johnson, we is he a bust yet? Does he need more time? Do we need more time? I think I, I find it really hard to call any rookie a bust. Yeah, that's fair. But when um, you're top 22 pick. Yeah, I think it, it seems like, though, from what he, it, like, obviously now that Mike Williams is out, he's being integrated into the offense more. So it was sort of on a yeah. limited capacity beforehand. Like, So I think, you know, now he's starting to be integrated a little bit more. So I think you'll see his snaps, like an uptick in his snaps, and then, you know, from there. So I think it's just one of those ones where uh, you're not going to displace Mike Williams or Keenan mm-hmm. Allen. And then they've obviously had a few seasons with um, Josh Palmer there as well. Yeah. So so they're the guys who are going to get the lion's share, but with the thought process of, well, Quinton Johnson might start as wide receiver four, but we're expecting him to move into that wide receiver three role. Whereas now that there's been the injury, you're sort of going to see him and everyone else bump up besides Keenan Allen to get, yeah. in, get in a little bit more. So I wouldn't call him a bust yet. That's fair enough. Um, I think that, Moving JC Jackson back to New England was it kind of feels weird in hindsight, but he just he was never a good fit. No. Never really played well. Um, I I kind of have to wonder if Justin Fields was playing in this game, would it be a lot closer? 
in uh, odds. Well, potentially too, because like I said, everyone seems to run riot on the charges, it feels like. Whether that's the case yeah. or that's what it just feels like. It just feels like every team has their best rushing game against the charges is what it feels like. So yeah. if he was playing, like they he might it might have been closer to that because I just, mean it's weird to look at. It's the two and five bears versus the two and four charges. It's yeah, like, that's a crazy thing to be looking at. I think the charges yeah, no, too. I think, I think the charges win. I think they do too. But this just shows as well what happens when you have the charges way that they've tried to build this team, which you know they're, they're continually kicking the can down the road for their contracts and everything. So they yeah. had to make the decision this year. They were so far over the cap. They reworked the contracts of Keenan Allen and they re-signed Mike Williams, but then they also redid the contracts of Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and they kicked that down. So I think, uh, yeah. don't have it here, but I think they're like already for next year, they're like massively over the salary cap as it is now. Yeah. So yeah. this is just one of those ones where when you do lose a guy like Mike Williams and if you've built your team up, with so many expensive guys, you yeah. lose some of that depth behind them. Like, and I think as much as it can annoy people with like the Kansas City model with their wide receivers, they don't really have like they they rotate so many guys through there. But it's almost done on that thing that you go, right, if we were planning on having Kadarius Tony as our main guy for this week with Marquez Valdez Scantling, if Kadarius Tony inevitably does a hamstring that he seems to do you know, a bit, well, okay, we're covered because we've got Rasheed Rice. But then we've also got McCole Hardman who can fill in. We've got Justin Watson. Who, you know what I mean? Like they've got these guys yes. who they can rotate through, whereas it seems like the Chargers are always a team who always have an injury. But they don't really have anyone behind these yeah. big-name guys that if one of them goes down or misses significant time, that they're yeah. there to actually cover off for that. So yeah, that's just yeah. always feel like my... And I mean, you know, they've been asking for an, a, a running back two to pair with Austin Eckler for years, and I'm not sure if Joshua Kelly's that guy. No, but it just—it's it's been a huge area of opportunity for them, and that's why I thought this year I was fully expecting. I was thinking that their running back two—they should have gone out and signed Zeke this year. Yeah, just because of his familiarity familiarity with Kellen Moore and what he would have been able to do in the passing game. Yeah. He's to me seemed like a perfect sort of. Yeah running back to there, but they just keep it whiffing on that each year. And yeah. you, they just, they're just that team that you think that they should be a lot better than maybe what they are. And right. you just can't figure out why they're not performing the way that everyone's expecting them to. Yeah. That, that's it. That's been the story of the charges yeah. for how many decades. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're both charged there, but I would have liked to have seen this game with Fields in there just to see what would have happened if that was right. That was the case. Yeah. So we move on to Monday Night Football, which to me is not necessarily the most interesting of games. It's, no. the, <laughs> it's the Raiders at the Lions. I would expect the Lions to, to win this game pretty comfortably. Yeah, I don't even see it being particularly close, particularly at home for the Lions. In Fort Field. And is Jimmy Garoppolo going to play? Do we know? Not sure. Uh, I haven't really. Last I saw it might have been Aiden O'Connell. Well, it's, it's either him or Brian Hoyer who's lost his last 13 times he started a game. 
Jeez. So he is. It's but I think they've said that they're the only. So they've used three quarterbacks this year to start games, and every single one of their quarterbacks this year has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. I think I read. Oh no. <laughs> so it's it's not a and. You know, they, they've come out, they've been a team who's come out and said, oh, we're not going to trade Devontae Adams. I wonder, I know they're saying that publicly. Yeah, how can they say that? How can they do that to him? I, I would just think, though, that might be one of those ones where you come out and you say that, but you're secretly saying it so that someone then has to really come in and go, hey, yeah. we know you're not going to trade him, but would you accept a first, a second yeah. And a fourth for him, and the, the yeah. Raiders go, hell yes, we'll take that. Yeah. Like that's that's what I wonder. Like, so okay, so we'll play this same sort of game. And who would the who would you like to see Devontae Adams on? What team would you like to see him on if it's not if they did decide to trade him? Uh so yeah, this is interesting. So who here needs a team? I hate always like looking at the Chiefs and just being like, Yeah, of course they'll win another Super Bowl with him. I doubt that the Chiefs, they were the Raiders being intradivision, the Raiders would never trade him to the Broncos, the Chargers, or yeah. um the Chiefs, unless the Chiefs offered up like five first round picks or something. Like it would have to be a fair yeah. bit for them to do it. But so I'm I'm running down the list of like best teams who have potential to make a Super Bowl run. Is Cleveland out of the question? It's I say I know they've got Amari Cooper and they've got Elijah Moore, Moore. David Njoku. I just think like imagine like I'm, like Amari Cooper is a great player. Imagine having Devonte Adams though. Yeah, so I've got a couple teams here. I think that would work. Yeah, I can't really see anyone to be honest. I, I doubt it would happen, but. Could you imagine pairing him with CD Lamb and Dak Prescott on the Cowboys? That would be wild. See, I like I looked at Dallas, but I was like, no, nah, they brought in Brandon Cooks. I think they're happy with Brandon Cooks as well. They say that, but they'd be willing to flip Brandon Cooks in a second to get Devontae Adams, I would think. Um, what about so the I, Falcons? Could the Falcons use him? I potentially, I actually think Green I think, Bay. Green no, Bay. there's there's two. <laughs> To me, there's two teams that stand out here. One of them is the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, but they brought in Beckham. They're paying him like $17 million. Yeah, but I mean, I'd be, if I was the Ravens, I would be sitting there going like, yeah, that's true. Let, let, let's just throw Odell into this as part of the, as part of it. And then, yeah. or, or just sit there and go, well, like, okay, our three receivers then, our three main receivers are Devontae Adams, Odell Beckham, and Say Flowers. Yeah. There's that. But I actually think the best fit for him is actually the team they're playing, and it's the Detroit Lions. I was just about to say. That's so funny you brought that up. I was like, I'm thinking about this game. I'm like, I wonder if Amon Ra will take a backseat for this game, and then they'll they'll try to get, like, Jamison Williams more involved. And then I was like, you know who'd be, <laughs> be good on this team? Devontae Adams. Well, I, I think there's, there's two stay in Detroit. There's two guys that for me that Detroit really should be going after at this. One is Devontae Adams, because then mm. I mean they they've um if anyone didn't see during the week, they uh, Marvin Jones Jr. has stepped away from the team yeah, to deal with a, right. a personal matter. So they actually yeah. waived him as part of that the other day. So they're down a receiver there. Not that Marvin Jones Jr. was like having too much of an impact on that Lions team. But, yeah, you know, you've got 
Armin Ra and Jameson Williams. But to me, the two guys that they go for, if I were the Lions, is I'm trying to get either Devontae Adams or I'm contacting Tennessee for DeAndre Hopkins. I think it makes a lot of sense. Detroit is in a position to have a fairly good run. I know that like just making the playoffs is kind of what they want to achieve, but I think that they could go a bit further than that. Yeah, and I it seems like and this would really push them over the line. To me, they were I was very surprised they didn't go after um Hopkins when he was a free agent. Like I thought he was going right. to be that perfect pairing there because you would then have Dion like Hopkins playing the X. You've got Jameson Williams playing the Z and you've got Armin Ra who's your slot guy and you can just yeah. alternate Armin Ra and Jameson Williams pretty much between those yeah. two. And then they kind of went up to no one in the end. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, they, they would be the two guys, but yeah, I, I would, when you look through, as you said, through that list, it's to me, it's like the lions. It's the, the Ravens the Falcons. Falcons, maybe. Um, yeah, there's when you go through it's it's the Cowboys. Actually, the probably the other one. And I don't think that they would do it, but to me, the team that he would actually I would love to see him with, just be for the pure fact it'd be ultra fun, is actually having him on Buffalo. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. Him, Diggs, Gabe da- him, <laughs> Diggs, Gabe bad. Dave, and Dalton Kincaid. That would be they would never run the ball again. They'd, they'd move James Cook on us. Yeah. <laughs> They're just going to start. They're just going to start. I mean, he's um, mainly a pass catcher anyway. Gabe Dave is just going to start in the backfield and just make yeah. it seem like he's the running back on every play. You've just got those two guys. Yeah. But to me, that's... Like, four, four verts every play. Yeah. But they would be, like, to me, they're like a team who would... Um, that They'd utilise him properly. That'd be really hard to stop on offence. If you if you really want to throw out a smoky, which is probably more for a play for next season, put him on Houston with CJ Stroud. Yeah, for next Up, season. Yeah, yeah. Upgrade the Robert Woods role to Devontae yeah. Adams. Like yeah. if you could do that, and you're playing Devontae Adams with Tank Dell and um, Nico Collins. Yeah, that that Texans team would be that would be awesome fun to watch them to play there, but. Or put him on the Colts next year with Anthony Richardson when he's back healthy. Yeah, same same deal. As much as I would love him on my Panthers, we've got absolutely no picks to be able to get him. Yeah, from. <laughs> you can't do anything gotten, unless they unless we can come to him and go. Can you do you want to take Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin? Uh, let's give you Derek. <laughs> Our entire team so that we can keep being bad. <laughs> we'll give you Derek Brown as well. Yeah, and and, and Adam Thielen because he's yeah. played well. Let's get we'll take yeah. all of them. But, yeah, so uh, there you go. That's our winners for this week. Uh, That's nice. What a slate. I can't believe every team is playing. Yeah, and then we go next week. And who's on by next week? Because I'm just it's one of those things, as we said, like all the teams that are playing this week. And then next week on by, you've got, I don't know, actually. Can't see who's on by. It's not showing up at the moment. But... Uh, it's good to have all the teams back this week. There's a lot of, there's some good games in there. There's some for narratives, which will be interesting to see. Mm. And um, yeah, we're shockingly, we're almost halfway through the season. Oh man. I'm excited for this Seahawks throwback uniform as well against the Browns should be a good one. Oh yeah. Good matchups. 
it's gonna be it's gonna be and they they look sick like pretty much yeah. like those um the Kelly Green Eagles ones that they wore yeah, last they, they look, look fantastic awesome. yeah it's so yeah. uh that's great so uh John any last words before we get out of here for the night no I think that's it this has been good this has been really good to flex my NFL brain back into it. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can find me at Brad Bolt One. You can find John at John Lloyd Robertson. You can find us at NFL Lab Network. We will have these up on obviously Spotify. If this is where you listen to it, we'll try and get these up on YouTube as well. We've had a few issues the last few weeks and time crunches where we haven't been able to get them on. So we're going to try and get back into a bit more of a rhythm too, uh, in terms of just shows we might try and get a few extra ones during the week if possible uh and as i mentioned last week we'll start delving into the nba a little bit as well now that that's up and running and that has already a couple games in has already caused some interesting results Mm. and some games that have been going on so be fun to talk about that throughout the season so thank you john thank you Thank you, everyone, and until next time, see you later. Welcome back to the lab. Back to the lab. Welcome back to the lab.